Here's a quick and friendly reminder that today's episode is not financial or legal advice and should be considered for entertainment purposes only. Thank you. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Pay Active Podcast. As always, I am your host, Eric Rosenberg, and today we have a really fun topic to talk about at the beginning of the year. That is financial management apps and how to stay safe when using those apps online. So there's a lot of different apps out there, and we know if you use the PayActive app, we have some really cool budgeting and automatic savings features built in. But there's a wide range of other apps you can use to supplement PayActive and improve your finances. That includes budgeting apps, credit score monitoring apps, investment monitoring apps, and a whole lot more. And today's guest is an expert in financial technology or fintech, as we like to call it. His name is Bobby Lee. He's based in the Bay Area, where many of these financial innovations are coming from. And that's also um, the area where PayActive is headquartered. So shout out to the Bay Area. And I am excited to chat with Bobby all about financial apps and how he uses them and what he looks for. And then a quick wrap up talking about financial security, why these apps are safe and how to stay safe online when using your financial apps. So let's dive in with Bobby Lee. I've known him a long time through the FinCon community. We've conferenced together and talked all about money and budgeting. And he runs the FinTech competition every year at that conference. So he's one of the top experts I know in financial technology and money apps. And I'm so excited to have him on the show. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on, Eric. Yeah. So what are your top tips on the way you think about choosing financial apps? Like, How do you decide what kind of financial app you might want to use uh, when you're thinking about your money? Number one at the top of the list is usability. If you're not going to click on that app icon and open it up on, on a regular basis, if you're not enjoying the, the way the information is presented, and if you're not going to be able to use it because, let's say, the menu is counterintuitive, you're just not going to use it. There's, there's no point. You're sort of back to square one when you, when you didn't have a budgeting or finance app. Uh, so that's far and away the biggest thing that I look for is a is a good app that has great layout, that has uh, intuitive menus, and that you're going to be able to use on a day-to-day basis. Easy to use is so important. I know when I think about my mom, her phone, and her computer use, if there was a financial app that was only on the computer, she'd probably never use it. But if it's on her phone, she'll probably use it once in a while. And I know me, I'm a super money nerd, so I check mine multiple times a day. <laughs> that's just me. So when you find one that's easy to use, that kind of meets the the style you like, and I know there's a handful of good budgeting tools out there. We have some built into the PayActive app for free for, for our users. Um, there's some more advanced ones out there as well. What are the biggest financial features you look for that help you think about your money in a better way? Yeah, one of the things that I look for is a real-time connection uh, to your bank account. Now, we're all used to seeing you know, our bank accounts reconcile in the evening, right? This is when all your transactions and everything, all the deposits, all the withdrawals come through and they're cleared for the evening. But you still need that connection to your bank account to know what's happening. Because if you have to manually enter that information, let's be honest here, I don't think anybody 
uh, still reconciles uh, their bank account manually. And it, it, well, if you do, you know, you, you get kudos from from all of us. But uh, <laughs> I remember balancing know, a checkbook, but it's been a long time. Oh yes, you know, I I just I just found an old blank checkbook register uh, in in a drawer somewhere. I'm like, oh my gosh, those those were the days. So that's a, that's a big thing. It's, you're going to want to look for that real time connection to to pull that information in. Uh, and there's different styles and different ways that apps do that. We can get into that a little bit uh, later in this in this episode. Yeah. So I know for me, uh, my that live financial data connection is so helpful. I, I have um, I'm married, so my wife has cards. I have cards, and my all of our credit cards we use. Uh, we pay them off in full every month, but we use them to earn those rewards. Um, and we have a shared checking account uh, with debit cards attached. We actually have two checking accounts because we're complicated people. <laughs> um, so having the ability to click a button and see even um, you know, when my wife went to the grocery store in the morning or if I went and uh, filled up the car, I'll see those charges right away and I'll know that money's gone so I, I won't accidentally try to spend it. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's, that's the thing with these, uh, budgeting apps, you know, it, traditionally, um, you know, if you think about how say like, you know, 20 years ago uh, when you had just, uh, a, you know, quicken on the market and, and you had these pieces of software, uh, you know, it's sort of something that you'd have to sit down and, and think through and analyze and reconcile maybe once a week, once a month. But now with apps on our phone, with real time connections, with AI, you ha- now have the ability to have more intuitively laid out, uh, you know, better operating apps that keep you up to date in real time. And you're right, that example, you know, did my spouse spend uh, that extra $50 in the account on something? And what was it spent for? And uh, not to be, not to sound creepy about it, but it, it you know, uh, in, in an ideal situation, you're communicating about that, especially when uh, you're in a shared bank account where maybe you have a, a more limited balance. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not big brother watching all of her transactions. If you're listening, Honey, I don't do that, but uh, I, I do keep track of our accounts. That's uh, it's part of part of the jobs at our house that I took on. Yeah. So uh, for me, when I look at a financial app, um, if I want something more holistic, not just looking at my basic spending, I, to me, I think the most important features are um, automatic categorizing of transactions into budget categories. So that takes it a step beyond just what we spent to help me know. Um, what did I spend on restaurants? What did we spend on our kids' schools? What did we spend on, you know, any any different kind of thing? Um, because you know, I want to keep certain categories under control. But when I, we're looking beyond budgeting, there's other financial parts of our lives, like uh, hopefully we're investing, maybe saving for retirement, putting money away for other things. Uh, beyond budgeting, what are the key things you would want to see in a financial app? You know. Credit is such a big piece of how we live today, and uh, it, it could be just as simple as uh, as uh, trying to open a credit card or, or maintaining a credit card. But uh, many folks could be on a different journey towards home ownership, towards remodeling their their home. And there's there's so many different uh, facets and, and and ways you can be uh, you know going on that journey. Uh, credit is oftentimes uh, the biggest struggle for most folks. So. You know, I, I want to be able to see in the apps that, uh, that I use, I want to be able to see that I can access all three credit bureaus to see all of their, um, you know, credit information and credit scores. I want to see what kind of scores they're giving me. I want to see some recommendations uh, around how I can improve my credit. And, and that's just one facet of, of what a good financial app 
should offer in addition to the budgeting and, and, you know, frankly, many other aspects of helping to improve your financial life. Yeah, I know. I know I've been checking my credit score online for a long time uh, and I've used, there's a few good apps that are free that give you that snapshot of your credit score. And a lot of banks do that too. So you might not necessarily need it in a separate app. It might be in your bank's app. Uh, if you already have one of those, you can go in and see the credit score they use when deciding if they're going to give you a new credit card or a car loan or something like that. Uh, but if you want to look for outside apps, I'll give a, a shout out to um, Experian has a free app you can use. And they're one of the three main credit bureaus. Uh, you can get your credit score right there. Um, they send you a lot of emails to try to get you to upgrade to paid products, which I was not interested in, but I like getting my credit score for free. Uh, so so thanks to them for, for offering that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, Experian has been uh, one of the leaders in this space, and, and you may have seen their television ads talking about a new Experian credit boost score, for example. You know, there's, a, there's innovation happening in this space, new products, new ideas that, that are coming to the market um, each and every month. And uh, what's important to know that uh, with these apps for the credit bureaus, uh, with the credit scores, uh, with credit information, is to really understand the basics. What does it mean? What's in my credit report? What does the score mean and how does it apply to, say, when I'm looking for a loan? Um, uh, these are these are things that are a little bit beyond uh, a scope, the scope of what a typical app will will inform you on. Uh, but this is great stuff to look up if you're going down that path of homeownership or taking out a loan to really understand these sort of next level uh, concepts and definitions and terms and ideas. Um, but you know, definitely approach all these new apps and all these uh, new new products with a very careful lens to understand uh, what it does in your situation. Yeah, totally. So if you were another area that I like to look at is um, loans and investments, which um, I say those together because they're both kind of long term. You know, we're uh, well, hopefully paying our credit cards off in full every month by the due date. So that's short term. But if you have a car loan or a mortgage or student loans or any other kind of long term loan, that's something I like to think through. And then investments, um, while I like to see loan balances go down, I want to see investment balances go up. But if you don't know where you stand, uh, making good decisions in those areas can be tough. So if you were looking uh, for a finance or budgeting app to have features around uh, those, wh what would you look for and how would you try to use them? Yeah, what you're talking about uh, very oftentimes involves a, an account aggregator. You know, the vast majority of us don't have all of our accounts at the same bank, the same financial institution. We may take a bank account from a credit union or, or Chase and then get a loan from Wells Fargo and a credit card from Citibank. The problem is, you know, and oftentimes I, I see this with, with folks who struggle with financial management, which is trying to figure out where all that money is, where, where, who do I owe when, where are my savings, how do I find out all the information? So a, a good hallmark, a hallmark of a good app is account aggregation. So not only being able to connect in, in real time to a bank, but to be able to connect to multiple banks, to be able to connect to multiple financial institutions that may not be banks, may just be lenders, for example. And so you can pull all that information into a central location, into that app or into that piece of software. So you can see how everything is going. You know, have you paid that loan? Um, has that deposit come in? You know, how frequent, by the way, is that update uh, on that account information coming in? These are all questions, you know, that you, you might be asking or you'll need to know about. When you look at an app or you look at a service, you're going to want to see, 
Can they connect to other financial institutions? And very oftentimes, there's there's one of two ways they can do it. They either have a real-time uh, back-end connector between the computer systems, or they're just using, uh, frankly, your login to uh, to grab information from the screen and then put it into your account. And you know there there are pros and cons to both, uh, but uh, as long as there is a connection, that's important. In addition to a budgeting app, I might use uh, a few different financial apps. I might have a separate app I do for my credit score, a separate app for investment analysis. I know I don't want to pay too many fees and I want to make sure my portfolio is in the right balance for for my goals. So we have uh, sometimes there's even more customized apps that'll do just what Bobby's saying. They'll bring in multiple accounts and give you that more holistic view. Um, now, something a lot of people worry about, and this even goes when, with using their regular old bank apps or the, even the PayActive app, some people are really worried about security. They um, have this conception that the internet is not safe. And we know there's hackers out there, there's cyber criminals, and we read about data breaches all the time. Uh, but what would you say about to someone who says, you know, I just don't trust these money apps, even my bank's app, because I don't think they're safe? What would you tell them? You know, that's it's a fair concern. And, and I'll take it one step further. I know folks that won't even use an ATM. Uh, they'd rather go in person. They'll wait, you know, bank branches are, are, are shrinking their hours. So they'll go in between 10 and 4, you know, in the, uh, on a weekday to go visit somebody in person. I get the concern that the hacking, the data breaches, uh, they're alarming because we're out of, it's out of our control. We can't do anything about it. It's going to be funny to say this, but having real-time access, live access to your bank account is the number one way you can monitor for uh, these situations. You know, if you're waiting for that statement to come in, you know, you're going to have a month lifetime before you realize someone's taking uh, your money out of your account. And so you're going to want to get on it as quickly as possible. And that's a great thing about using online banking or uh, the apps from your financial institutions. There are safeguards you can uh, take to prevent the unauthorized access to your account. That's turning on two-factor authentication. That's when they have to text you as a code separately to log into the app. There's a new movement towards passwordless login, um, which is very, very new. And that's that's a, a whole nother podcast episode. There's various ways to ensure that the information uh, from your account uh, stays in your hands. And ultimately, and this is why uh, everybody should be using a bank account instead of trying to store the money in, in a uh, in, under a mattress. You know, there are liability protections uh, it, at those uh, financial institutions. They're going to say zero fraud uh, liability. And, you know, and it's true. They will they will back that up and put that money back into your account as long as you tell them uh, quickly that something is wrong. And that that's the big thing. You've got to stay on top of uh, your accounts. And that's what you do with these apps. And uh, yes, breaches are part of the nature of all that. But uh, there are safeguards that you can take. And, and, you know, I will say there there are other measures that the bank can offer that may not be listed. Um, some higher protections like additional passcodes, verbal passwords, things like that, that, um, uh, that, that can be discussed over the phone or in person at the branch. I used to work with anti-debit card fraud systems in one of my jobs. So I got to meet the people who support banks and they analyze your transactions looking for fraud. So if you ever get a text message from your bank saying, hey, was this really you? Um, those computers, are they're looking out for you too. It's pretty cool. Uh, but you have to have that all set up. Uh, one thing we didn't mention that I think is so important also is using a different password on every single website, especially your financial websites. 
And most people aren't like me who I live online. I have over a thousand passwords. <laughs> I looked in my password app. Uh, but even if you, it's hard to keep them all straight. I wouldn't just write them on a piece of paper or keep them in a notepad thing in your phone. There's uh, password apps. I use one called Bitwarden. They have a free version to keep all of my passwords safe. But when you are inevitably, some site will get hacked that has your email and password and bad guys will go to every bank and every financial company and enter that combination to see if they can get into one. So make sure you use a different password everywhere. And if you're out traveling or out grabbing something to eat and you're on one of those public Wi-Fi networks, uh, I would not do any financial transactions uh, up to a public Wi-Fi network, at, you know, like a coffee shop or something like that. If, if you do think that you need to do that, get something called a VPN, virtual private network app um, on your phone or computer, because that keeps the people who are in that um, sharing that same Wi-Fi network from getting into your data. So there's, there's always little nuances and things we can do, but I'd say the most important thing, unique passwords, two-factor authentication, like Bobby pointed out, uh, you can do it where the code goes to your email or your phone, or there's an ex outside app that I use one called Google Authenticator. Um, there's a handful that can give you a random code that's generated every like 30 seconds or so. Uh, so taking those, just those few small steps uh, to keep your passwords unique and use multi-factor authentication, that puts you far ahead of the crowd on cybersecurity. And if you're doing those things, the hackers will probably uh, just move on to somebody else. They, they won't spend any more time trying to get into your data because you're making it tough on them. And, and that's what we want to do. We want to just be safe. You know, Eric, I'll throw in one more thing here. And, and this is something that you probably heard about in the news recently. Uh, in, in these crooks using AI technology to replicate your voice or, or using uh, some sort of on offline method to try to gain access into your account. It's very scary to know that someone can try to impersonate you, sound like you, sound like a, a family member to try to get that information to pretend to be a bank uh, calling about uh, something happening on your account. Uh, one big thing to know is that if, if you are going to get a phone call from the bank saying, hey, there's a, there may be fraudulent information, just say, hey, that's great. I'll call you back and actually call the bank, uh, the number on the back of your card directly and reconnect the fraud department because very often they'll try to impersonate the fraud department and they'll trick you into giving a personal information because we're all trusting people. They may say like, oh, hey, before we get into your account, uh, can you read back all nine digits of your social security number? Uh, those are things you really watch out for. So, so you're, you know, this is beyond just apps and, and, and having an online account, uh, you know, crooks can do this, uh, even if you don't have an online account, they're going to, they're going to ask you for this information. So something else to be careful of. Yeah. That's called social engineering. And actually my mom, um, recently got one of those calls and I've told her again and again, if it sounds like, uh, it might be suspicious, hang up and call back. And one time she called back and it was, it was real. It was her bank, but another time it wasn't. Um, she hung up and she called back the number, um, the, a public number for her bank. And they said, Oh no, we didn't call you. That was, that was a scam. So good for mom for knowing what to look out for. So all of, all of us and all of our moms and dads and uh, grandparents should know when to hang up and not give out information. Because if your bank is calling you, they already have your information. They don't need it. But if you call them, 
and they need to verify you, but you know you're actually talking to your bank. These were really good tips and really useful information. We're early in the year, so it's a great time to uh, revamp your finances, think about your financial wellness, get your personal bookkeeping in order by maybe signing up for a budgeting app or even with the PayActive app. We're happy to help you out there. There's lots of different tools you can use, but as long as you uh, use good cybersecurity, just best best practices to keep your stuff um, out of bad guys' hands, you will be safe and can go forward and confidently manage your money better. If I can just plug one resource really quick, uh, I just want to sound a little hokey, but uh, AARP has an incredible fraud watch team with a lot of great information. You may say this is just for senior citizens. No, this is for everybody to, to know about and to help you to understand what to protect yourself from. Yeah, I actually used to listen to their uh, AARP anti-fraud podcast, and one of the co-hosts is Frank Abingale, the guy from Catch Me If You Can, but in real life. Um, he works. He used to be a fraudster, and now he helps the FBI prevent fraud. So I really like that show. Well, if uh, anybody is um, excited about what they heard and they want to learn more about you and connect with you online, where should they go? So you can find me at 2-Minute Finance. So that's number 2MinuteFinance.com. Or if you're, uh, if you're interested, as uh, Eric mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, I, I, I work a lot with fintech startups and participate in fintech competitions to bring a lot of these new apps to a higher level of visibility in the marketplace. So the thing is, a lot of these apps, they, they, they come and they go, unfortunately, but uh, the good ones, they, they really, uh, they stick around in a lot of people's phones and in their online accounts. So it's important to keep an eye on the new developments and the innovations uh, that are out there. So. Uh, but thank you for having me, Eric. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we'll have you again. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, that was a fun conversation. You know, I could talk about money and budgeting and financial apps all day, but I'm a money nerd. I know most people do not love money and money apps as much as me, but I could have talked and talked and talked on those topics. I just think they're so interesting. And that's where I got a big start in managing my money and getting into this uh, career path where I can help other people with their money. I signed up for a brand new budgeting app. I'm going to date myself here. It was way back in 2007. And that was the first place I was able to see all of my transactions from multiple accounts in one place. And my financial management improved and my financial wellness improved. It helped me pay off my student loans, pay off a car loan and improve my credit score. And get myself on track for a better financial future. So definitely take advantage of what's out there. And if you don't already have it, you should check out the PayActive app. It's available for Android and iOS devices. It's free to sign up and there are tons of free financial wellness tools built in, including ones to help you better track and manage your money and improve your savings and a whole lot more. So you should check that out. Type PayActive into whatever app store you use, Google Play or the Apple App Store, and get that downloaded. It's uh, just a couple minutes to sign up. So thank you, everyone, for sticking with us today and listening till the end. Now get on out there and live the life you've earned. Bye-bye. <laughs>